This sermon was preached at Sure Foundation Lutheran Church located in Brandon, South Dakota on August 2nd, 2020 on the basis of Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30 and verses 36 to 43. The Roman Empire dominated the world for a solid 500 years. They had one of the most expansive empires of all time. It stretched all the way from modern Spain to modern-day Iraq. On top of that, they ruled for 500 years, which is a long time. That puts them at number 8 in the world, in world history, in terms of length of empire. The Roman Empire was impressive, to say the least. So what brought the Roman Empire down? Actually, there are a lot of different books written about this, and there's a lot of different theories going on out there. I'm not going to pretend to have the one answer to that question, but I can give you an observable thing that is true for the Roman Empire and is also true for other empires as well. When we, the, the people of a nation or a country or an empire, when we start to sense that there's turmoil, when we start to sense that the leadership of the country is losing control, we start to lose trust. And when a dynasty or an empire begins to lose trust, they begin to lose their empire. When the Roman Empire fractured in two, they lost the trust of their people. And they lost the dominating power that they once had. They still remained a world power for many years, but they never were like they were. The Roman Empire is not the only empire that we can observe this about. The concept is clear. When we sense a loss of control, we lose confidence. Did you know that about a third of unbelievers have consciously chosen unbelief because they don't believe God is in control of what is going on? In other words, they observe the chaos of our world and they think, if there is a God, either he is a jerk or he's not as powerful as he claims. And either way, they don't want to believe in a God who lets his world operate like this. As a Christian, how do we respond? We can't refute that the world is chaotic. We can't refute that there is evil all around us, yet we are not left without an answer. We're not helpless. We know that God surely reigns, that the presence of evil does not disprove God. God surely exists. The presence of evil does not mean that God doesn't have power or that he's unloving. Yet still we ask, why? Well, this morning we're going to take a dive into another parable of Jesus. Last week we heard about the sower and the seed. This week we are continuing with the plant theme. Listen to the telling of the parable of the weeds and its explanation as Jesus speaks. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where, where, where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. 
The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into the barn. Then he left the crowd, this is Jesus, then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the word of God. I want to pull a few details out of this section. First, I want you to notice what kind of seed the farmer planted. He planted good seed, right? And we're not just saying that he that this seed had the potential to be something good like wheat, but it actually is good, which means when it is planted in the ground, it will produce a crop of wheat. We hear that the son of man is the farmer who's planting the seed. So, of course, the seed is going to be good. So, first thing that we have to discover is what does the seed represent in this parable? If you remember last week with the parable of the sower and the seed, the seed stood for the gospel. This farmer was throwing the word of God out there and planting it in people's hearts. That, That was the parable. But the seed here represents something different. The good seed in this parable are people. Specifically, believers in Christ. In this parable, there are also other seeds. At night, the enemy came and sowed weeds in the field. You can tell exactly what this guy is like just by his demeanor. He doesn't come in the daylight, but he comes under the cover of night. Because what he's doing is shameful. He sows the seed at night like a coward. And in the morning, the owner's servants are confused. Didn't you plant good seed, master? If you planted only good seed, then how come there are weeds that have sprung up? If the owner truly is a good owner, who knows how to farm, then why are there weeds in his field? If we are standing back and we're judging this farmer based on what we observe in his field, we'd say, that he is maybe disorganized at best and uncaring at worst, and either way, he does not know how to control his field. When this question turns to God, it becomes a little more serious. It's a question as old as time. If God truly is a good God, then why is there evil in the world? Because if we're judging God based on what we observe in this world, We'd say, perhaps, because of the chaos that's around us, that he is at best detached or lazy, 
Or at worst, he's malicious, unloving, or, or not very powerful. And either way, he appears to not be in control of his world. Because here's what we observe. We observe victims of deep hurt and perpetrators of deep hurt. We hear stories of abuse of all kinds, physical, sexual, and emotional abuse that steals peace and wrecks futures. We see dysfunction in families based on unrealistic expectations, misplaced anger, and broken promises. We see storms and diseases that destroy families and countries. We see and hear constant reports of evil all around us. And it leads us to say, what in the world is going on? It leads us to wonder if God is truly in control and if God is truly reigning. Is the evil of the world around us proof that God's kingdom is collapsing? Can we still trust him and put our confidence in him? Or is he losing his empire? Yet the parable of the weeds explains some of this. It explains the presence of evil. God is not the author of evil. God is the author of good. He sowed the good seed. The enemy, the devil, he planted the weeds in the field. The devil plants and nurtures evil and unbelief. The devil is responsible for evil and his playground is here on earth. Therefore, the world is chaotic and evil because of the devil. But Jesus still reigns. He is in control of what is going on and he is controlling history. It will not be evil for long. Jesus says soon the harvest will come. This is all a part of his plan. At that point, the weeds and the wheat would be separated. The weeds will be cut down and put into bundles. And these bundles will be burned in the blazing fire. The wheat would also be cut down, but they would be stored in barns. The harvest, of course, is the last day. On Judgment Day, Jesus will separate believers from unbelievers. The unbelievers will be sent to eternal punishment in hell, and the believers will enter into eternal joy in heaven, where they will shine like the sun. God surely has not lost control. He reigns as our king and our judge. What you observe in the world is not the collapse of God's kingdom, because his kingdom is not of this world. Which is exactly what Jesus told Pilate. You may remember that story a little bit. Jesus is standing trial before Pilate, and he says that to, to Pilate. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. That he certainly is a king, but not a king of this world. He is a spiritual king, a heavenly king. The world certainly is chaotic, <laughs> and Jesus is our king. And as our king, he didn't remain detached. He, we may be able to call him unloving if he stayed away, but he stepped into that chaos. He stepped into the chaos, the ultimate chaos that, that culminated in him dying on the cross, where our eternally good, gracious, and loving God was put to death where evil seemed to be the victor for a little while, and the devil seemed to have defeated Jesus. Yet, even in that moment of apparent chaos, Jesus was reigning. He proved that when he rose from the dead three days later, he was indeed in control. He indeed reigns, and we have every reason to put our confidence in him. That's what the resurrection showed us. You know, there's an interesting feature in this parable. 
that, that you kind of miss in the English. Because the English translations use the word weeds, which is a very broad word in our language. When we think of weeds, we, we just think of an invasive plant that stunts the growth of the good plants around it. Yet in this parable, the word that is translated weed is a reference to a specific weed called a darnel. And this is something extremely interesting when it comes to the darnel. A darnel is a weed that looks just like wheat. When a darnel is young, it is virtually impossible to tell the difference between a darnel and a wheat plant. And that's exactly what the, the owner of the farm is saying to his servants there. Don't go and pull up the, the weeds because you might accidentally take some of the wheat with it because they look so much alike. It's an interesting comparison because the same could be said of our world. I'm guessing that you have known or do know some people that don't believe in Jesus. What are they like? I'm sure your experiences vary, but I'm guessing you have known people that you would characterize as good people. You would probably not call them evil, even though they don't believe in Jesus. Because they love their spouse, they take care of their kids and they love their kids, they work hard at their job, they dedicate time to the community, and they give to charities. Thereby, all, all people in the world, they're considered a good person. In fact, sometimes when you think about these people, and, and then you think about your own life, because you know your actions, you know your words, you know your thoughts, you think, man, they almost seem like better people than me. <laughs> they do more for charity. They give more time to the community. They spend more time with their family and they work harder at their job than, than I do. If they knew my thoughts or words or actions, they'd be shocked and their eyebrows would be raised at just me. The truth is, just like the wheat and the darnels look a lot alike, believers and unbelievers sometimes look a lot alike in this life. Yet one will be bundled and burned in hell, and the other will enter eternal life where they will shine like the sun. So what's the difference? Only faith in God's grace. You see, you see your life may look a lot like an unbeliever, but God's grace washes away your sins. The sin in your life was carried to the cross by Jesus and they died there with him. All of them, every single last one of your sins died there. You have been raised to life through your baptism and one day you will be raised to life in the kingdom of the Father where you will shine like the sun. God's grace is what separates you. Let's come back to the initial question. Is God in control of the world? And the second question, is God in control of my future? The answer to both questions is yes. God is working in this world to win souls for the gospel until the coming harvest. And God continues to come to you in grace to forgive and to remind you of the eternity that you have waiting for you. Praise be to our God of saving grace. Amen.